The following is a conversation with DJ, comedian, world-renowned scratch artist, John Swan. I hope you enjoy the conversation. It's a, sorry, I'm recording. A, <laughs> I'm recording an intro. I know, I know. And I came out here so he'd shut the fuck up while I recorded the intro to this podcast. Let's try that one again. That was my friend in the background who interrupted me. Anyway, John Swan is a great person. John Swan is like hemorrhaging uh, energy and calmness in a very interesting way where I'm like, what is this elixir you run on? Are you sure it's blood? Um, there's something else going on that's delightful uh, about about him. Um, I hope you enjoy conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can check it out at patreon.com slash FOMO machine. Uh, I'm now basically only offering video on uh, the podcast, but uh, the content really is the same. So if you're just like dying to see what this looks like, (laughs) go subscribe, I suppose. Uh, All right, bye. John Swan. How are you? I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Hmm. Uh, uh, hello? Yes. I wasn't talking yet and I also didn't switch my mic on. Wait, so you were just pantomiming just now to fuck with me and then you switched your no, mic? you said I can't hear you and then I said I'm not talking yet. And then- I, I, I For real though, you didn't, okay. I didn't do, uh, you, no, you said I can't hear you and I heard you and then I said I'm not no, talking yet. disagree, then, I forgot I saw your mouth move. No, but I didn't switch the mic on when I said I'm not talking yet, so that's what you thought was the pantomime, but no. Uh. <laughs> Starting off with a bit, yeah, nah. Ted was that you were not talking yet, but the, the bit is that I couldn't hear you say that, so. Yeah, you thought I was like, no. Nah. Hey, yeah, so nah, what's nah. up? It's John Swan. What's up, yo, how you doing? Good, I freaking like how pink your room is right now. Yeah, I got uh, I got one of those hue lights. So I, uh, I, I, I set up the scheme because match my shirt and the match my turbo booster. <laughs> and also check out that like rover shirt hanging in the background. That's so nice. Usually over there, but you know. You put it, it in there because you knew yeah. like you see like your set deck. Like, yeah, all sorts of stuff here. <laughs> that's too sick. And a telescope to look at the stars. Tell them living. Yeah, you got a sign on your door. What is yours? What do you have? A paper sign on your door? Where are you going? Listen, I put this sign on my door when I, I ran one show at my house and I'm never going to do it again. Uh-huh. This is in memoriam? Yeah, well, the, the sign says, bathroom, please keep it clean. It was meant really just for that night, but then I kind of uh-huh. left it there because I was like, it's kind of cheeky. Like, no matter who comes here, I want them to know, please yeah. keep it clean. Have your guests been keeping it clean? You know, mostly, sometimes some of the guys get a little lazy. <laughs> As they do, you know, they might be, they might be, you know, they might have been tired out. Can you explain to me this like masculinity thing with like needing to stand while you pee? I don't get it. Uh, I don't, I've always been a sitter. I always, A lot yeah. of masculine men I know are literally sitters. They sit. Um, Like, I don't know if it's a, like, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's but that could be a laziness thing maybe the lack of masculine because like i don't want to be standing like a pe- to aim or whatever yeah yeah it's like a peeing is a break so i mean y'all got it right y'all get to sit down and chill and i gotta use my legs if anything 
you know what? It's not us. We didn't want to do this. Whoever invented urinals and made us stand up from the jump led yeah. into it. You know what I'm saying? Wow. There could, just, there could just be all toilets in the bathroom. That's my favorite thing when people go to like bathrooms at places I work and they say, oh, is this the women's or the men's bathroom? I go, they, they both have toilets. Like <laughs> you're, you're good, you know? That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, the whole creation of urinals is just to facilitate standing while peeing. So it kind of mm -hmm. makes that seem like that's how it should be. Exactly. And then like that leads to all the sword fighting and shit and like preschool and all that stuff, which I don't know if that's toxic masculinity or not, but like it was fun. Like we were kids. We just like, let's piss on each other's piss. Are you kidding? Is that really no, you knew this. Boys are insane. No, you I knew. You never heard of that? No. No, when you're like five, like, you know, you because back in the day, like, um, well, like urinals were like troughs in like elementary school really? and stuff. Like, more, so there's like no separation. So you could see each other's urine and you, you'd sword fight. You'd just like piss on each other's piss. I mean, it kind of does sound fun. I'll be frank. There was one time me and the one... <laughs> I made friends with this girl in like kindergarten who moved in second grade ultimately. She also became an engineer. Anyway, we both one day I remember we're like trying to pee like boys in the women's bathroom and didn't work. No, but it just <laughs> it's funny to me that and the overlap of like choosing a traditionally male trade of like engineering. It's like no wonder the girls who tried to pee like boys in kindergarten also like you tried your best, but you just couldn't do it like a boy. And to be frank, it it like the metaphor maps onto engineering for me too. I'm like, I'm just so sick of going to work and fighting with these guys all the time. Like, it's so weird because, like, I mean, <laughs> like I, mean, I feel like, like I'm sword fighting still in that profession. I'm like sick of like just like a I don't even give a shit about the sword fight, so I don't like want to be there. <laughs> like this is probably bad, but like. Oh, I'm gonna catch me flack, but like you're fighting with like all these, you always talk about like this masculine engineering world, but I mean, I might maybe a hater, but are these just a bunch of dweebs right. you're fighting with? Well, yeah, dweebs are cool. I mean, they're great, but like. I think I have kind of maybe some ego issues largely due to the masculine energy in my natal chart. Okay, there's the woman in me coming to explain the man in me is like, I have a lot of like, uh, Aries in my chart and that makes a person aggressive hmm. um, I also have a fear of being taken advantage of and a fear of being vulnerable and relying on people so I tend to do I tend to do a lot of kind of things where I like to like dunk on people and flex on them but it's largely out of my insecurity <laughs> yeah the same uh, here I mean not that I like to do it it's just that I'm like I feel like as long as I'm like outscoring you, if you hurt me, I get to go, but look, my score is higher and then go to bed at night. <laughs> yeah. I guess I was about to say I'm not insecure, but that's possibly the most insecure thing to say. Right. But uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, but I, I know what you're saying. I definitely don't want people to take advantage of me or like, I don't know if it's yeah a masculine thing or just because I don't want to be bullied. Also, I might, I, we, can, we can get into it. I used to always call it ex-Napoleon complex. But um, like, as far as like, if I have a meeting with a boss where I think I'm gonna get fired or I'm in a position of like, whatever, if they ask me to sit, I definitely do that. I'll stand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause I'm not about to take this sitting. Yeah, I'm not gonna take this sitting. Yeah, yeah. And also like, yeah. I'm higher than you. Like yeah, their chair is probably a little higher, you know. It's really you know, it's really funny. Like the, 
I guess um, the concept of masculinity and femininity and not, not necessarily needing to do with whether you're like a man or a woman, like I mm-hmm. think both genders have both, but also the way yeah. that it's like is um, sometimes like mismatched into like just dominance in general. Always like yeah. of, masculinity means dominance. I don't think that's true, but I think it can be perverted into that. You yeah, know? I think it definitely, I mean, definitely can mean that, but also, yeah, it's just, I think it's just power dynamics in general, just because I think people who know they have power over you or have supposedly have power over you, like appointed power, like as in like bosses and things. Manager, yeah. yeah, women or uh, male, female, woman, anyone who has anyone, however you identify, if they feel that have that power over you, they assert it. And then like, yeah. although I know it is kind of, it is kind of bad because it's like, when as a man i feel more oh man this is bad but whatever it is it it is what it is what it is it's like i oh if a if a man like who i think is is a boss of mine i I, i've really i have a lot of trouble with male bosses because of the masculine thing and the power thing and then at the end of the day it's like the the masculinity thing where it's like well i can fight you (laughs) male boss yeah where, where it's like with a woman you wouldn't even want to i wouldn't even want to and i just want to and actually i just want to listen just because most of my best friends and the role models and figures in my life have been women that i've looked up to versus right. more of the male in my life have been either absent or assholes yeah oh i guess what i guess can relate to the what i was saying earlier i have, I have to think of ex-napoleon complex yeah with like, ex-napoleon it's like I, grew, I I shot up when I was 19. Yeah. In height and weight. And so you were shorter and smaller until you were 19. So you had maybe late puberty, I guess, or late puberty, but puberty. Yeah, I, I guess so. Cause it was like, I literally remember my weight and, and height because I, I mean, I was on the wrestling team for a little bit in the smallest like weight class because I had to weigh myself all the time. And then also, cause I was just shorter than everyone else. And, mm-hmm. you know, just like, my, you know, I didn't really start dating till later or anything like that, just because I was just this little pipsqueak that nobody wanted to date. But like, I was really funny and hung out with people that you wanted to date. So we were still cool. Hey, but like, that's the game. Yeah. Like, I, I literally like graduated high school at like, I think five, four, 103 pounds, went into high school at 88 pounds, five foot two. Wow. And then like, now I'm like five ten and buck 52. <laughs> <laughs> I filled out. You're a heavy hitter. No, I know. I up. Yeah, oh, but I, mean, I was always tall, but I was like always real thin for a long time, and I had like a weird dysmorphia because I was so real thin that when I just was like a normal like woman shape, I was like I'm fat, but it's like no, I just was yeah. real thin for so long that when I suddenly wasn't, I was like, what's wrong? I <laughs> I had dysmorphia. I always thought I was bigger than I was. Cause I guess my personality was, but I wasn't, <laughs> uh, but like, I mean like, but ex Napoleon comics, once I shot up in height, I remember the people that used to fuck with me cause I was small. And like, so now I would, any conversation I would get in with a guy, like, well, I'm a size now, uh, try it now. Like, you know, I'm not a little guy anymore, but like, so the inside, but like, yeah, I always thought I was like swole and stuff. And like, I'm still like, yeah, if on paper, I, I'm not, I'm not swole. I've never said you know, that. No, but I know what it's like to have like delusions of grandeur regarding <laughs> your self-image. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I I even sometimes feel this like just come fight me energy of people. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's part of actually what I always kind of connected with with you. I remember mm-hmm. just always kind of liking your like what I would say is like a consistent like hip hop attitude towards everything in your life, including the natural inclements like the snow. Every year mm-hmm. it's winter and I it snows and I go get off me snow get off me snow just literally referencing that video you made several years ago. Yeah, uh, thank it's you. So yeah, fun. it's it's so funny. And then it's fitting. It's like you know people are like <laughs> the snow is coming down. I'm like yeah, get it. Like, get off me, man! I'm like don't let the snow take you. Don't I let the snow bring you. Land on my shoulder. Like I don't know who you think you are. Just like like gently floating down and landing here as though like because you're floating whimsically you're allowed on my body oppressive white flakes just (laughs) dropping on me trying to keep me from where i'm going oh wow about the racial element of it it is so Uh true it's so true there's the blacks no nobody talks about that Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah um yeah so yeah i have that i've always had that hip-hop approach like even as much as when i was doing like improv and stuff like that it's like i guess like zub my my ex my well not my fucking ex but like yeah we're still my my ex improv partner my comedy part not like ex in a way <laughs> well like he's he's in florida he's gone now but like yeah. i used to tell him don't go don't go shake everyone's hand like when we'd go into like a comedy show at one, at one of the theaters i'd like let them come to you man like because we'd go to like he went to he grew up in a b-boy uh background i grew up in a, like a hip-hop b-boy background we didn't go into like competitions and battles granted improv wasn't a competition but like mm. you're running past a person when you run past a person you don't need to hey like yeah you don't have to go out of your way to like introduce yourself to people you do not have to go out of your way to introduce yourself. yeah and especially like i mean a, a, a smile and a nod from across the room is fine I mean, honestly, you're really smart with that. I've only recently kind of learned that because I'm just actually kind of an outgoing person I discovered. But mm-hmm. it's like, in some settings, people just misinterpret that as weakness. And I'm like, yeah, realizing like, e- easy to con- make the choice to conserve my energy and not like, let people mistake me for a simp just for the fact that I'm outgoing. It's unfortunate it has to be that way, but it's how it is. Yeah, it's, it is. But it's also, it's like, I mean, I'm super outgoing, but it's like, when you get in the vicinity, I'll be outgoing. <laughs> I don't need to go. Within a certain radius. Like, get yeah, yeah. You're like arm's length. Oh. And I'm like, yo, get in there, get this hug. Yeah. You know, how has life been for you, though, since core started i remember when i ran into you last or i came by the bar you're working at last summer mm-hmm. it was funny because i feel like you were less covid conscious and i was more covid conscious you were very covid conscious yeah uh, and i find that really funny because i feel like now it's sort of tables flipped and i feel like you're a little bit more of a good boy and i'm a bad girl so <laughs> awesome i mean yeah possibly i mean I guess. Are you still DJing and stuff? Like, are events still happening? Like, what's been going on since the I'm, winter? Uh, in the winter, most of my work has been through Zoom, through like a immersive art show called Eschaton, which is like theater arts, burlesque, comedians, yada yada yada. All this stuff through Zoom. I've been teaching a little through Zoom, but also teaching in person. But no, like I haven't been DJing out since the trailer park things. Like we were doing an outdoor event towards the end of the summer. That was cool, by the way. That concept. it was the bomb. 
I want it. Can if it's is it gonna start again? I want to go. Yeah. yeah. So our boy took the trailer down to my Miami because it's uh Miami and shit's popping there. But uh, we're gonna get it back. But I haven't been DJing out like that. But not to say I wouldn't. I just have haven't because like there are socially responsible events going on and also socially not responsible events Miami going on. Miami looks like people are like pure pure rabies right now, which I like personally. I'm pure scared, what? but I like it. Like just pure. any of the videos I've seen circulating on social media of Miami right now in the last few weeks is like just parties like everywhere all over this. Yeah, they don't really like, yeah, I haven't made it down yet, but a lot of my friends have got gone back and forth and there's definitely an underground scene in New York of things that are frowned upon happening but so yeah like I guess I'm I guess I'm being I guess you think I'm being good just because I told you I got a vaccine <laughs> uh, but like I mean from being realistic uh, I've been out there a little bit and that's my choice yeah exactly yeah that's cool always interesting you know your body your choice right <laughs> My body, my body, my choice. I, I like that kind of logic applied to really any any medical. Um, I love it. It's like it's, it's really because at the end of the day, it is like, you know, it allows me to live reckless. Yeah. And if like if you don't like reckless, then don't come around. I mean, at the end of the day, though, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty like responsible. Like I wear I wear my mask in public and I live alone. So. Mm. I personally don't want to get the vaccine. And I'm I'm happy so many people do because and, I probably yeah, and that's to. fine. <laughs> but you don't want to get the vaccine, and that's okay. Wow, that's nice of you. I haven't heard that from many people, but yeah, they're haters. Uh, like uh, I don't know. I think there's just maybe a fear of like um, my opinion about my body. Um, for some reason, people conflate that with how they should feel about their choice. Like they get insecure. Like they need me to make the same choice about mine for them to feel. I don't know. I'm not sure. I guess it's too, it's like, like, yeah, COVID is a real thing. And I definitely, you know, believe it's true. But I also like, I mean, I'm, I've not, I have a good health and the way I live my life outside of some recreational things is pretty healthy. But it's also like, I like the fact that like, if I also on a side note to getting the vaccine, just because I don't really care yeah. if it like if it hurts me, I, I do a lot of things that could possibly hurt me. And that's yeah. fine. But like, I like the fact that I can't be really judged, just like how I don't believe voting really works, but I voted, so fuck you. I can talk about shit about how the shit doesn't change anything, but I didn't vote. Like, I can talk shit about like, fuck it, we'll be all be fine, but I didn't get a vax. <laughs> I remember, I feel like something we both used to do years ago was sometimes go to Chelsea Piers for their like adult recreational activities. Yes. I used to do the gymnastics classes sometimes. What did you do? Did you know how to flip and stuff? Um, you know, did I know how to flip is a good question. I definitely could do like where you do the back bends and you walk over. Oh, nice. From standing? I was like the most, one of the more beginner gymnastics people. I'm really not that good. I just like to try things and I love physical yeah. tricks a lot. Physical you know? tricks? Like trying to hold a handstand to me is fun. Mm. It's not that I really want to hold a handstand so badly as like I enjoy the process of like trying to and it's not really a handstand or a trick, but you was, you was pretty nice with the push-ups, right? Hey. I seen you. You was nice with the push-ups. I seen them. I liked them. I liked well, them. Were they okay? Because, you know, they were good. Mixed, you know, men are always trying to tell you you're either good or bad based on their motives. They're like, that's bad. They're like, that's good. I'm like, 
don't know. I, I mean, I mean, I don't know about the form, but you did them, you know. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Chips are I mean, great. I mean, I do like certain body weight things. It makes you feel very much like I don't need anything. Yeah, it's just me. I'm like, or like I could lift myself if I was hanging from a cliff. I could pull yeah. myself up. Um, I did rock climbing at Chelsea Piers. That's one thing. There we go. Climbing, climbing is fucking fun. Climbing was dope. Again. Wait, what? I just miss I just miss all the fucking like play things. Like I want to do dance classes, I want to do pole classes, I want to do climbing, I want to do gymnastics. All this stuff is open. What are you doing? Is it? Yeah, Metro Rock, dude. This is uh, rock climbing. I went to the cliffs so far in Queens, Metro Rock. There's a Bushwick uh, like climbing gym. You like wear a mask and I always just thought April 2 was the day that everything was opening up and that everything was still closed. I'll check it out. Where's that date from? Like, what is that? Somebody I listen, I don't really listen. To <laughs> I just listen to my friends talk about the news because I Zach, just Zach said it. addictive and like anxiety invoking, you know? Yeah. So I'd rather listen to my friends talk about it than look at something. Honestly, ever about. since the election, I would just call up my friends and go, like, can you tell me what happened today? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's how, yeah, I get most of my news, even as much as the weather, I make mistakes a lot of not knowing it's going to rain or be cold or, and then I just deal with it. And it's, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, I don't know, Chelsea Piers, I used to have a membership there, I used to run into Cameron Kaepernick there, gave him a little nod every now and then. Oh, yeah, used to work at it. Uh, this was like a year, no, maybe like two years ago, a year and a half hmm. now, well, since last year, fucked everything up probably two and a half years ago now, just because you don't really consider last year a year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it took me a while to like realize it was tall guy, uh, Colin and Kaepernick. And I, you know, I'll just look at him, but like I didn't say anything because you can't really say anything to anyone in a gym. But then yeah. finally I looked at him and he looked at me and gave me a, like yeah. it was him. He confirmed it was him. Yeah. And as, yeah. as cheesy as it is, I gave him a black fist, like. <laughs> no, not, not even proper, not even proper like yours. Like I was like, like more of like a yes <laughs> oh man well that's cool uh, I yeah the sightings are are the dream i wanted to ask you more about like your actual like background as a dj because i know a lot of people who are djs but like you feel like a dj if you know what i mean mm-hmm. like not just a dj but a real DJ. DJ. Why do I have that feeling? Is it because of the physicality and the analogness? As a person who's not really that familiar with what you do, uh-huh. I'm like, what he do- does just seems to be so much more like physical than yeah other DJs it, doing, which feels more like this. It's just like where you came from, because like I don't hate on that. Yeah, I hated I hated on that for many years, probably earlier on in my uh, DJ DJ life, just because. It was, uh, oh. Yeah, go for it. Because <laughs> um, I, there's, there's, I'll start off like this. There's, there is that button, because at the end of the day, now it comes down to playing good music. And if you know how to like read a crowd and the flow of it, that's the end game for certain aspects. But back in the day when I started, it was, you know, it was vinyl, uh, it was records. I was 15. Um, so I've been doing over 20 years. Um, none of that stuff really existed. So. You know, you have to physically pick up a record, put things on. You have to physically touch things, use your ear, not a screen. 
That's so cool nice. though. I love that. That is really, I mean, it's a different talent. You know, I respect that you're not hating on the people who do it in a different, more modern electronic way, but like- Yeah, but that's the fun part to me. Do it. Like that's yeah. the fun part to me. Like I can DJ and all the other stuff too, but this is like, this is what's fun to me is was, because I started off not caring about that much about the music and like DJing for people. It was more just about like scratching and some hip hop shit, very competitive. I was doing like DJ battles and things like in competitions. Like I was actually like flying around when I was like 19, like wow. winning shit, losing shit. So like I come from that, I came from that. And then after that kind of fizzled out a little bit, like some kind of, or the love for competitions, I started just DJing for parties and things more. And then the competition. What is a DJ yeah. battle like? Like, I feel like a rap battle, you can kind of tell more clearly who's winning because it's so personal, but like a DJ battle, like how do you know who wins? It's yeah, it's it's weird. It's kind of gets tricky because it, it, people can get really technical and nerdy and stuff can be over the crowd's head or some, like, you know, some people will be like DJing and you can tell they're concentrating and doing something really hard and whatever, yeah. but you don't really know what's going on. <laughs> but then like um, I found a nice balance of technical and engaging with the crowd just because that's who I am. Yeah. But then some people can engage with the crowd so much they think it's cheesy and a gimmick. So you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you just have to find that balance because I want it to be accessible for people, but then also kind of nerdy and dope. So people- Yeah, like you want to lead them, but you want to also respect what they need, right? For sure, for sure. So I, yeah. I still use that approach to this day, even when I'm not battling and doing that many like technical skills, but I'm just like playing for people. And like, as is, is cheesy and dopey as it sounds, like your energy really does translate you know what I'm saying? If I'm not that I'm upping my energy, excuse me, COVID, I, so people can get it. Uh, get it? Uh, it's a virus. It goes through the computer. Uh, <laughs> so people can, uh, I just naturally have a lot of energy. So it's, it I just know. Kinda, it just translates. Last time I saw you, um, in an element like that, I feel like I never seen you perform live was like the colossal Halloween party. And oh yeah. 2019, I guess. Yeah, that was 2019. It's yeah, you've never seen any. You've never seen me like, because uh, I guess when you've only, when we met, I was just like showing my uh, Quickie Fest videos and was just kind of, I think I just came out of a hernia surgery. So I was swag, I was swagging, but I wasn't moving too much. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I always liked the energy of your comedic work so much. And I remember that you were one of the people who kind of like encouraged me to be crazier. And I just kind of liked that. I feel like you just like encouraged me to be more chaotic because I remember loving the chaotic videos much more. And they tend yeah. to be made by, you guessed it, musicians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's maybe it's, I think some comedians get too heady, I think sometimes too, because I, I mean, some, some comedians do some, you can tell, you can tell like which comedians are just making what bonkers shit they fucking, want to make and they think it's funny just yeah. like you can teach them you can tell a musician who's like I can produce music that's to for a job that fits your mold or yeah. fits something that's required for me but then also I can make the music I want to make and then just trust whoever's gonna like it's gonna like it whoever's not is gonna not right. and same thing with their comedy it's like most of my shit was like Zoob thinks it's funny like my comedy partner I think it's funny and that's enough at the end of the day if it's uh, yeah that's enough and at the end of the day if the shit isn't that solidly like written which some of it was some of it was just goofy our energy together and our joy of each other and our presence is going to translate enough 
to people and make it enjoyable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's more about the feeling, being yeah. able to convey the feeling. That's what people are trying to do when they just like write, but they're just like in their heads trying to create a feeling versus out of their heads trying to create a feeling. Mm -hmm. I know. I've honestly feel like I've only recently tapped into that. But you do stand up too, which I've never really, I've done like once and it was like, eesh, like I can't. That like, would I'm, be more in your head, but also out of your head. It's more of a balance between the two. Like, I feel like I need more solid jokes before I can just be myself just because it's such a judgmental craft, it seems like. You I not have to care what people think more. It is confusing. I'm sometimes, I don't know. It's confusing. Like I, if you don't fully commit to something, it's like feel, you feel yeah, judged. Like you have to be like you have to be so sold on your own bit. Even if you're not sold on it, you have to get yourself into the headspace where as mm -hmm. you perform it, you're sold on it in order for it to work. It's a weird level of double think where it's like, how do you know? You don't. You almost have to fake it till you make it to see if it's working. Yeah. And like, I mean, the joy of like we stopped doing improv and started doing more sketch or like parody raps and things like that because it's more tangible. Right. We didn't like the ideal of having a bad show and that's what people saw or this and that. But it's like at the end of the day, if I walk off the stage and it's like, it's if with, with Zub or uh, someone who will see if I created something with you and we liked what we did, that's cool with me because I'd, I'd say you were great and I'd hopefully you say I was great. But versus stand up, you walk off the stage and get judged by all your peers. You're like, you're not going up to your homeboys like, oh, yeah, they're just like, hmm, when's my set? Like, don't it they just tattier. look at you? You're right, it is tattier. I don't know. I guess I always just, um, I don't know. Maybe like, I'm, I'm decent enough at it that I believed when people liked it. Like, you can tell when people give you feedback because they feel obligated to or when they go out of their way to go, oh, wow, I liked that. Mm-hmm get enough of those in a row you're like okay cool well there must be something I'm on to but you don't do you walk off you ever walk off the stage with the like mentality of well fuck y'all that was funny like if they didn't yeah. like anyway yeah like well yeah like a fuck like yeah because I also think like maybe um it also depends on the stand-up like I don't need to make everyone laugh personally like I don't really care if a certain audience doesn't like me like if I don't mm -hmm. like the audience I don't really care about them liking me. Yeah, I get that. I don't like you either. And honestly, that's happened to me a lot, like kind of, especially in the first few years where there's basically no stakes regarding like getting paid or impressing other comedians who could help put me on more. Mm -hmm. But I performed for the first time at a like New York comedy club show this past weekend. And I was like, oh, wow, this is like a new level unlocked. Like the audience is paying. Yeah. But the stakes are different even if I don't like the audience, hypothetically, which by the yeah. way, I did. They were the sweetest, like most, almost too sweet to perform to. I was like, I can't say anything dark to these people. They're so innocent. Yeah, you know, they're, they're not like a free Brooklyn crowd. I was like, there is like a different kind of responsibility towards the audience that you're like now just like a professional in a way of like- You have a job to do now. You have a job to do. And then yeah. I also can appreciate just like that. I think that's pretty, that's an art yeah. in and of itself of like, even if I'm not feeling the audience, you know, how can I like use my skills to meet them energetically with my material? I enjoy it now. I don't think I would have been able to enjoy it and until now. So yeah, I, I feel like it's like, I remember I used to, when I started doing more corporate gigs, DJing, 
And it was like, I used to be like, I'm doing this whatever corporate event through someone. And it's like, I have to bring my, you know, like you said, you see me before and it looks more analog. Like I have to bring my real turntables. I have to bring this because I'm uh, a purist or this and that and all this gear, which at this corporate event, nobody gives a fuck what I'm using. Just play this music. And like for a second, I was like, well, I'm DJing to make money. It's not really. And this is the job. Like this is the job side of my DJing versus the art side of my DJing. Versus like, I mean, I'm sure some comedians, you probably might get a gig where like, I mean, a clean set, you know what I'm saying? Some comedian would be like, I don't fucking, well, these are, my, these are my jokes. My jokes are my jokes. Well, you got hired to do a clean set. This may not be what you do, but this is what you're going to do. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it becomes like once you're mature enough, you get to be a little more grown up about it and be like, okay, cool. You're not, it, I mean, especially the way I like really started growing into my own in stand-up was producing my own shows where I basically got to curate both the performers and the audience. That's so great. So I was able to just be like straight up feral. Is that because the performers were the audience? Is that how you got to curate both? No, I just think I was, I'm, just I'm pretty comfortable with people who know me. I don't feel like, oh no, like the people who know me, will they judge me? I'm like, I love them. They love me. Like I can be myself here. It's like, you can do no wrong with the people that know you and love yeah, you. I don't know what it was. I just felt more comfortable performing to people whose taste I already understood mm. because it was aligned already with mine. And like, I took pleasure in like introducing them to comedians I just liked. I was like, I yeah. know like them. Like, I, I know the taste of this crowd. Like, I know these comedians. Like, and that was like a really nice way to like build confidence. But, you know it was cool to just take that momentum from doing that a lot into different rooms and like learn how to make small tweaks and compromises. Guess what, Sarah, you can't, it's almost like a control freak thing. It's like, mm. it's cool that you were able to like know the room that well, because you created like it from both ends, but you know, like put on, like take off your like floaties and like swim in the ocean of like, you know, not being able to fully control all the, energy in the room and yeah. so you can like be open to the energy in the room and like return it or meet it um because That's... honestly you know that unknown is what gets me in my anxiety mode I think here's the breakthrough is like when I when I knew the room really well I had no anxiety when I don't know the room as well there's a little anxiety well what kind of person are those two yeah that <laughs> was I... out faster and in the moment I think I, I missed that. I think that was the most fun I've ever had was produce, we're producing shows. Um, when, like we had a really good run doing our show at Bizarre Bar, uh, Zubinai, where it's like, it was great because at the time, a lot of comedians and stuff producing these shows were, there's two things we had a uh, uh, quarrel with was, um, one, it was always at comedy venues. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just like, you know, not a, yeah, pretty much comedians performing for comedian crowds. And then two, our choral was they list variety shows, which would be stand-up, improv, character, character, stand-up, improv, improv. And we're like, that's not really a, a variety. So when we started doing Bizarre Bar, first they had a built-in crowd already, like a bar of people who probably did not want to see a comedy show. Yeah. But like the bar itself was home to a lot of performance art uh, and burlesque stuff that we would do there too. So you know, we'd have our magician, we'd have like a lawyer. Oh my uh, God, have, that's so cool. Yeah, or like fucking like some dark, like real dark performance art shit that yeah. was like me and Zub thinks it's hilarious because the context of it, because 
it's not funny, but it is serious. <laughs> That's why and it's then, so upsetting. It creates laughter or something. Yeah, uh, at least for us, because like people were uncomfortable because like, and then like, <laughs> but then like other comedians who like where we'd get on our show were like, they loved that environment because they weren't, you have to actually work in that room too. But then also it was welcoming. People would get heckled sometimes, which was great too. Cause like we just let it ride. It was awesome. Only comedians are tight about heckling. Like basically all other performers like sick audience engagement. Like, yeah, I ran into that issue a few times in the show I produced. It was other artists who would sometimes heckle the comedians. The comedians would be like, I'd be like, yeah, I'm sorry. These people are normal and not. Yeah. You got to deal with it, kid. It's like, and then it's funny because that almost became part of the show too. Cause there's one specific guy, this guy named Ulysses um uh, rest in peace he passed away a couple of years ago but he was sitting in the same spot in bizarre bar and like a, like one of our it's usually the stand-ups only the stand-ups bomb uh, <laughs> 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 no one else bombs it's always stand-ups so that's why we actually were hesitant to put stand-ups on sometimes they have to be really weird or yeah. like really like like off uh you know at- atypical or whatever like to to do it because like the, almost that became a part of the show well you ulysses gonna heckle you he almost became like our, like and the that's performer during the stand-up space. Yeah, like just kind of like fuck you and like you suck. Wow. <laughs> but like it was it, uh, that only happened a couple times, and it's actually funny to a one asshole who actually got kind of me too out of the community. It happened to him multiple times, <laughs> so it's kind of okay. It didn't happen to like it happened to the right person, but also it was a rowdy like it was a rowdy crowd. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day. You gotta be able to handle anything. It's more on the producer whether or not that tanks the whole show. I remember a few of these park shows were pretty funny this summer where like I'd just see like, you know, crackheads or alcoholics who are just chilling at the parks next to the comedy show, just dunking on every comedian, like vert like yelling and I love it. I loved it. I'm like, they got nothing to lose. This is sick for them. Like I love the way they're disrupting this like this is their this is their fucking theater. Yeah, it really felt like the most wonderful, like uh, like I guess like that de- like karmic gift to to people in that situation yeah. that they got to to ruin a comedy show. <laughs> it's funny too because it's like I mean well, that show is different, but it's almost like reverse crowd work. Like you know how can we like fuck that? I mean you know how comedians like go oh, in on you. Yeah, you got you got the the crea, exactly. Like you can go in on everyone in the front row. Let my boy go in on you. Yeah. I mean, if it if it became too much, it becomes too much. But like I'll be honest, was- I always wish like roast battles could be more like rap battles in general, and there was more receptivity towards like um I guess like um like uh what's the word i guess fighting but also like flexing like what i like about rap battles is they're not just disses they're also like and here's what's better about me than you like i never see that in comedy oh that's a dope take like the roast battles is just adding flexing into it i comedians i guess are so insecure they could never imagine bragging about themselves nothing wrong with me but you yeah yeah, like big, I, big I, I up yourself. I'm here, frankly, like that, that kind of vibe. I would love to be like um, too good for my competitor because I actually think I'd be a better like roast battler if I was allowed to flex. Yeah. What do you mean if you're not allowed to flex? Oh, well, no, it's always just how can you insult the other person better? Have you seen roast battles? Is that the show? Well, I just mean when comedians have roasts. I've seen, I think I've seen uh, Boris, I think, highlights on uh, that dude, Boris. Boris Kaken. 
Yeah, I've seen. I think I've seen him do a couple like high, like looks, but I've never seen a whole one. Yeah, I love how like we have a wonderful selective intersection in comedy. I've seen yeah. more roast battles. Like the stand is like a commonplace. A lot of comedians like try to like get past at clubs through like I often think the roast battling. Scene, I mean, I'm speaking really out of my ass because I'm more of a Brooklyn person, but roasts are like a part of like establishing yourself in the club scene, and they mm. all. The format of it is it's there's like basically no rhythm it's just like i'm gonna read a list of my insults about you and then they go read their list insults back and read oh yeah it's not like off the top of the dome like a yeah I just, like like I, the school playground or like a rap battle it's like you know who you're going against and you're you prepare it yeah like i wish they were like a little more improvised and a little more rhythmic and a little more like when i'm finished i'm finished and like a little less predictable cadence mm -hmm you know yeah so it's like in the style of an actual roast like you prepare and someone's there but you go back and forth yeah that's I, and i just they're not nearly as good as watching rap battles i'm like, it's like yeah because when you say roast battle i mean i assume they also don't go as hard like they go hard ish but they don't go like as hard they don't go as hard on the insults it's just after you see rap battles I mean that this is I'm just speaking from my own like new birth of this of like watching them for the first time a few months ago it was like fuck a roast battle really yeah there's a lot more higher stakes in rap battles too like people get shot and slapped and punched because it's mm -hmm. usually like uh not like uh you know where it comes from not on tv but like you know where it comes from well you can educate me now look up this uh styling on you video it's uh just look up styling on you so mad you mad because i'm styling on you yeah. This guy's like in the middle of a rap battle and like he's finally he's getting them, he's killing them. Oh, you got it? Yeah, yeah. I'll check it out later, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But like eventually he's like, the guy's like losing the rap battle and he's finally goes, ah, You mad because I'm styling on you. Ah! Mad because I'm Ryan. You mad because I'm, and then the guy just clocks him in the middle of his thing. And then like you see the guy like reaching his pants, like he's going for a gun or something. It's crazy. Oh, man. But, like, um, that's so scary. I saw a, a, sort of a similar confrontation about a chess game in the in the sub. You bought a chess game? Yeah, there were these two really good chess players on the D train this weekend, where like one of them was like basically putting the other into checkmate as we like crossed into Brooklyn. Yeah. Like trash talking became. This is on the train. They were playing yeah. chess. Yeah. I know, and it was it was great. Anyway, I was like a little worried it was going to get physical because he was really talking such. I was like, ooh, he should be afraid. And there was like a bunch of audiences. He even started acknowledging like, look, everyone's looking at you while you're losing, like you're my bitch, like type shit. Ooh, scary as hell. But like, you know, the one guy like did really win who was talking all this shit. But then the guy who lost took it with such dignity, but also had kind of like. It's a noble game things to say and like started performing for people with their phones out like what do you mean what started performing for people like i guess just people pulled their phones out because this like like verbal fight between the chess players was interesting ah. and it was just i don't know it was like really cool the way they pivoted um like chess into kind of like a verbal like a a, a roast tight tight yeah. I didn't even know they were doing chess on the on the like so they did it was like set up in the middle. I just think it was cute. I they were literally playing on the ground. They were just on the ground, tight. Damn, the subways are wild. 
I they play they play in chess now. Yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. I usually I haven't seen that. I've only seen it in the park. And I, I find chess so interesting because it's you have to be so smart to play chess well. And it's such a like classically masculine way of proving your intelligence. Like no women are out trying to flex on each other with chess. There's something mm. about men in chess. But you know what? I've never really noticed that. I mean, like we always have a chess board set up in my house. Yeah. I play, I really I wouldn't like a first game with someone usually because I play reckless and fast <laughs> and like it just throws them off. And also I'm usually playing to stalemate. I'd rather both of us, if neither of us win, I think I've won. If I can force you to not, like I'm playing to stalemate, if but I then- satisfy you or force an uncomfortable moment, you've won. Yeah, like if neither of us, yeah, I'm good. But like the next game they realize I'm playing reckless and usually beat me. It's what I like playing it. And I talk, I do talk a lot of shit during it. I mean, I'll be honest, even with games like pool, like I don't really mind like winning. I just more enjoy like, uh, performing cockiness like when people yeah. are you, do you play pool I mean I'll play anything that's the thing about my personality I'm not good at much but I just have a lot of spirit and <laughs> I got a I got a hot tip for you bad girl uh-huh. <laughs> uh, if you like pool uh so this is one of the new vibes going on after hours in a in a during quarantine there's this place called pool shark mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know there's no promo but you check it I mean we abused it a little no bit. No promo is a funny. <laughs> no promo. No. Yo, no promo. No promo, but Yo, no promo, son. No promo. <laughs> uh, but like you pay it like them like $60 for like two hours or three hours or no, like two hours or some shit. But you can go after hours like at, I'm talking like midnight to like 5 a.m. and rent out these rooms in like Williamsburg and stuff. And it's like up to like eight people. And it's just like a pool table, a TV and a refrigerator we've fucked it up a little bit sometimes because like you know all right people turns into 16 and then like they have cameras and tell us we need to get out in like a half an hour and so, yeah. but if you do it right it's you know if you're ever looking for like a late night pool thing it's pool shark pool shark where you where people go to play chess really fun really great i approve of it they play chess there too i mean not chess but you can bring a chess board excuse me you, do they go to play you, pool. you can do whatever you we did whatever we want you shouldn't do whatever you want but you can, take they the you, there. You, can huh? take the, you can take the vaccine there. You can take the vaccine there. Yo, it's a free for all. Uh, but yeah, that's if you want it. Like it's a, but shit's pretty much opening up again now. So I don't know how long it'll last, but like, you know, months ago it was like the thing because like shit was closing and we still wanted to kick it. Uh, cool. I mean, yeah. something like that. That sounds yeah. a lot of fun. I need to maximize these deals while places are opening because I've heard a lot of like, there's a lot of Groupon deals for recreational things right now because businesses are trying to rebuild their customer base. Mm-hmm. Like dance classes, for example, the going- What kind of dance classes are you trying to get popping? Listen, I love like in general, modern heels and dance hall. <laughs> Those are always my vibe. What's heels? Is that something else? Or you said modern heels? Just like, you know, just like- like ballroom? Like, uh, like just like, I guess it's like hip hop, but in heels, just more like okay. performative femininity. <laughs> nice. You know, yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of thumb biting. Was that a last Yeah. Time? Like it, it's a lot about just like this performance and it's, it's like voguing kind of, but with a little more dance involved. Nice. You know, it takes elements of voguing, but it's not just like, fool, fool. Now drop into the floor. Definitely like extreme moments of like dropping to the floor. That's yeah. fun. I mean, it's just really 
really great stuff. I used to love going to Broadway Dance Center and Paradance, take those classes. Rip, they're all oh, online yeah. now. Those places are online still. So gotta find new places. Yeah, I always wanted to take a hustle. You ever heard of the hustle? You should What's that? It's like um I think the song, I'm pretty sure the song is based off of it. Do the hustle, you know, do the hustle, but it's a lot, but it, it's a it's not as campy and cheesy as that song suggests. It's yeah. just it's part it's partner dancing, but it's just like uh, I think they used to do it in Harlem what back then, like a lot of like it's just like it's not like super stiff, it's a lot of style with it, but like yeah, put that on your after you watch that guy getting knocked out. Watch some people, watch some people doing the hustle. Yeah. No, partner dancing is kind of interesting too. I definitely kind of like the idea of doing it, but I'm like afraid of like the fact that you have to like be entangled with a random man. I mean, I guess, but like also you can just go find someone to go with. You're right. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to deal with these random men, Sarah. I know. I just like doing so many like of my leisure activities solo. Yeah. Probably it's yeah. an only child problem. You're an only child? Yeah, 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 yeah. You have like cousins close to your age or are you like straight up only child? I have one cousin in Germany. I met him the first time when I was 14. And I shook his hand and our family yelled at us because we're cousins and we shouldn't shake hands. We should. Pass. That was too close? No. like Too much contact with your cousin? No, it's just too little like geniality or whatever. And then I have two other cousins in the States, but they're like, 15 20 years older than me so they're more like aunts yeah yeah I was just yeah actually I just talking about that the other day like old ass cousins feeling old like they're aunts and, no, like, like feeling like ask the C like sequel old ass cousins. yeah old O-A-C <laughs> old <laughs> ass cock no old ass cousins <laughs> who would do that who would have to do old ass uh, well old, old ass, ass cousin is I really think it'd be really funny to just like map the concept of the old ass cousin over wet ass yeah, I feel like that's something I want like Lil Nas X to do, little old ass cousin. Yes, talk about him. He's so yo. His you, the the memes and shit. He do when he be coming back on people like eating popcorn and stuff. Like when people ever like hate on him and like his reaction videos are the best. He's really one of the funniest people because he really doesn't give a fuck. He don't he give a shit with himself, you know. Yeah. I mean, his TikTok really makes me laugh. Have you looked at it? I haven't. I see. I'm speaking of old ass cousins. I guess I'm like an old ass cousin now because I'll like I get all my TikTok from Instagram Reels. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really. I don't know how to fuck with TikTok yet, so I gotta wait for people to. You could easily do like stuff on there and just grow your bullshit if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Post that. Post that. Post that. Post it. Cool. <sighs> well, thanks for coming and chatting. I appreciate yo, it. yo, this is great. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, yeah let's uh, unite in real life sometime soon, especially now. Yeah, let's re let's reunite in real life. You're not gonna like you know you're like you said you're when we last time I saw you live and in person you were uh, you were all COVIDy and now you're less COVIDy. Exactly. Are so, you working where you used to work or? Yeah, I'm still at the spot in Crown Heights. And actually, I just started again at one of my old jobs, uh, bartending jobs that I lost last year. One of my ones that provide the health insurance back in the city. So that's a whole new weird vibe, like having to be there for people to actually like to go to Manhattan and have this other like it's a lot more structured than the Crown Heights job. So that's weird getting in back into that. But it is what it is. Uh, and 
But yeah, but the place you can, you know, the place you where all your homies come through, which I haven't seen them much either, but I'm still there. Cool. Well, I'll come by sometime. Thanks mm -hmm. for coming. I'm going to stop the recording, but I'll be here still so we can debrief. Uh,